0: to the Grain by Train podcast for Grain Week 5, where we discuss how rail service performance is impacting the movement and export of Western Canadian grain. I'm Greg Northy from Pulse Canada. I'm joined by Milt Proyer of QGI Consulting, who manages the Ag Transport Coalition. Good to see you today, Milt. You as well, Greg. So we had a bit of a hiatus last week, but now we're back on track with uh, the Ag Transport Coalition Week 5 Rail Performance Report. Um, What did you see in the report for week five, Milton?
1: Well, I guess uh, most easily summarized by saying continued good, fairly steady performance for both CN and CP. In week five, CN came in at 94%, which was just a touch lower than the week prior, but still very good. And CP, you know, at 99%, uh, they had had a little bit of a dip the prior week in week four to all the way down to 96, but they're back and in good shape. Um, you know, when we look at the first five weeks of the current grain year and we look back to what we were seeing last year, uh, we could say that, you know, both railways are off to a slightly better start, uh, than they were last year. Not a very significant difference for CP, I would say for CN, uh, their numbers through five weeks are, are a little bit better than they were last year. But the one thing I would say, just to put a a caveat or to put some context uh, on that performance so far this year, is that we do have significantly lower volumes, as we've talked about before on the podcast. Uh, That has been the case through the first five weeks. Um, And we'll touch a little bit on that uh, a little bit later in our discussion. So good performance on really low volumes. Some might say it could have been better so far, but is what it
0: is. Yeah. And you touched on the difference between last year for the first five weeks, but historically, you know, we would usually expect uh, pretty decent service or service, service equivalent to this from, from the railways in the early part of the year, at least first five weeks, first six weeks, correct?
1: Yeah, I think that's a fair statement. The thing that the railways often or can struggle with, uh, you know, last year, of course, being an exception, because last year seemed to be an exception to every rule. Um, But as we know, grain supply and what's available for uh, movement is often lower as the grain year ends in the tail end of July and starts up in, in August and in the early part of September as harvest is coming in. You know, railways like to move grain and they like to move the same amount of grain to the same place week in and week out. So when volumes go up and volumes go down, it can throw a bit of a wrench into their operations. So to the extent that railways have struggled through the early part of a grain year. Normally it's it's a reflection that, uh, you know, volumes are low and have not yet built up. Um, so it's it becomes a little bit more difficult perhaps to efficiently deploy your assets as the railway in situations like that.
0: Yeah, and we'll touch on, like you said, we'll touch on the demand question uh, in a second. Um, from a provincial standpoint did the provinces fare equally well in week five or any differences? Uh, good again, generally, um,
1: I would say performance across the provinces for both railways is, is as it has been for much of the first five weeks, pretty consistent with what we're seeing at a system level for both CN and CP. Um, maybe the one caveat I would put to that would be CN's performance in Alberta, um, so far this year, uh, You know, in week five, uh, Alberta had the lowest of all the provinces for CN at 80% order fulfillment. CN was far better in Manitoba at 95%, Saskatchewan at 99%. Not sure why CN has been struggling in Alberta so far this year, but they have been, um, relatively speaking anyway. You know, they've only gotten above the 90% threshold once in the first five weeks. I mean, their performance has not been terrible. Uh, they have only been below 80% order fulfillment once in that five-week period. And that was week one, and it was not good at all. Uh, I think they came in at 57% that week. So that was that was terrible, and they've been better ever since. But they haven't seemed to perform as well as they have in other provinces, which is a little bit confusing, given that um, you know Vancouver shipments for CN are pretty much all about Vancouver and Prince Rupert. And really, through the first four weeks, four and a half weeks, there was no traffic to Prince Rupert, so it was all about Vancouver. And despite that, they haven't uh, performed as well there as they have in other provinces, so a little bit odd.
0: Yeah, a little odd. Potentially a little concerning as well. I mean, what would would be driving that? Is it maybe they don't have the resources lined up in those particular corridors serving Alberta, or potentially some some demand from other industries that that are maybe creating some problems for them as far as capacity, I guess it could be multiple things, but.
1: Well, it, it more than likely is uh, multiple things, most of which we can't see. Um, we'll touch on that issue a little bit later as we close the podcast as well. But um you know it's it's not about cars because i mean cn still has thousands of hopper cars in storage so having said that maybe it is about cars (laughs) maybe they've stored too many cars and they're finding themselves a little short i'm not sure what their cycles from alberta uh to the west coast have been and what those compare to for as uh, compared to prior years um could be a crew issue um It's tough to say, and, and, you know, as good a visibility as we have on performance and even on what's going on day-to-day for grain traffic, uh, you know, we don't see anything else. And it is a shared network. Everybody's competing for the same sets of assets, locomotives, train crews, track capacity. So uh, grain could very well be, you know, being upended coming out of Alberta to the West Coast uh, by other traffic, but we really don't know.
0: Yeah, it is a, a visibility problem. And uh, as you said, we'll, we're going to devote a, a podcast to, to that particular topic, um, uh, shortly or in the next uh, few weeks, but let's talk about shipper demand. It has been a, a big story. In fact, the crop is, is, uh, smaller and obviously the demand on the railways is, is, is smaller as well. Um, what's the status of the demand now? What are you seeing, uh, now and potentially in future weeks? Well, um, we can see as far
1: out as week seven, which is in real time this week. Um, You know, we'll be reporting on week six performance at the end of this week because we always lag a week. But when we look at the first five weeks of this year for total system demand, which is CN and CP combined for hopper cars, Demand has averaged 4,400 cars a week. Um, Now that's jumping considerably uh, in week six and in week seven. Now there are always a little bit of play in CP's numbers because of the dedicated train issue and decisions that shippers are making in week. But right now, based on the numbers that we can see, uh, total demand on the system is going to go from an average of 4,400 a week to over nine thousand a week in week six and seven, so more than double, um, which is going to be an interesting test for the railways. I think. I mean, they've gotten away with very low volumes through the initial part of the grain year, and now all of a sudden there's going to be a, a, you know, a big jump. So it will be interesting to see how they handle that. You know, with respect to, do they have enough crews? Have they pulled enough cars out of storage? Did they pull the cars out of storage on time? Um, That'll all play out here in the next week and a half as we report on on the performance in those two weeks. Just to put some perspective around those numbers, though, because context is always good. So this year, weeks one to five, total system demand demand average 4,400 cars a week. When we look at last year, that average per week was 8,600 cars a week. So almost double. Um, And when we look at the average of the three-year trailing average through weeks one to five, that was about 7,300 cars a week. So this year is quite a bit lower through the first five weeks than it was last year and than it was even for the trailing three-year average. Now, week six and seven, as we said, is going to jump to about 9,000 cars a week. in in those two weeks. When we look at that time period last year, that was 11,000 cars a week. So still below last year, although the gap is closing, which is kind of what you'd expect. Um, I mean, this is where we start to ramp up into the peak shipping season, um, which typically runs, you know, depending on harvest mid to late September through to, sometime in January. And that's when obviously the grain industry because of market pricing wants to move as much traffic as they can. And historically they do in that, you know, three to four month period. So we're seeing the pattern that we would expect to see demand rising as we're getting into mid-September, crop is coming in, who knows how much of it will continue to come in or the quality, because those obviously will be issues, but the absolute levels are lower. Um, and remain lower than they have been historically. So the curve is pointing in the right direction but but the absolute numbers uh, do remain suppressed if you will.
0: Yeah, definitely something to watch these next two weeks should be a, a good um, indication to where we're potentially heading as far as rail service over the next uh, couple months. Um, now we've alluded to it a couple of times this idea that um, you know we have good insight on the grain side, but but other commodities uh, who are using the rail, which is a lot of them, um, and obviously huge volumes, uh, we don't have as much visibility or any really visibility in, into what's happening. And so um, this is a topic uh, we're planning to get in next week. It's going to be very important because a lot of you know the numbers that, that we see can be heavily influenced by what other groups are experiencing. And I can tell you from from experience that, Grain is not the only group that, that struggles with rail service. And so um, there is a need at, at some point to, to have better visibility for, of, of the whole network. Um, something we're going to touch on next week, Milt, can you give us a bit of a preview potentially of what that conversation looks like?
1: Yeah, and, and uh, you know, your comment is absolutely on point. Um, visibility into railway network performance has been for a number of years uh, a significant issue in the rail freight sector. Um, it still is. Some would argue it's, it's growing um, as the strains on the sector become more evident and performance, you know, as we look back in time does not seem to be getting better in some places, particularly for grain, because, you know, you look at CN, they've had their worst performance three of the last four years. But as important as it is, and as important as people say it is, it, it's fascinating that there is remarkably little visibility for rail shippers on, uh, outside of grain, as you said, as to what's going on in the rail sector day to day. Now for grain, we have the benefit of two lenses into performance. One is the grain monitor program, which has been around uh, since the year 2001. So just had its 20 year anniversary. Uh, which has been reporting. Of course, they, they do their work for the federal government uh, and they're exclusive contractors to the federal government, and they report on, on the whole system, not just rail performance. And then in addition to that, the Ag Transport Coalition, we look at it a little bit differently. We focus very much on order fulfillment, although we do look at other metrics. And we have the added benefit of having near real-time data, which allows us to do things like produce our daily network status report, but Gives us, you know, day to day feel for how performance is going in the in the sector in the rail network. So, you know, next week talk about kind of the uh, where that issue is going. We have seen a lot of movement in the last couple of years from the government. More to come in the next eighteen months. Although we couldn't begin to say at this point in time whether or not shippers will find those efforts from government to be satisfactory. Um, And when we think about how important rail is, you know, to Canada's supply chains, given that we're an exporter as a country, the fact that there is so little visibility is uh, becoming an issue. And I think if you look at the recent significant track outages that were on the line to Vancouver, uh, which happened at the very end of June, beginning of July this year, Um, that's a good reminder of that. I mean, we had a a Western end of the rail network in Canada was effectively cut off for five days. No traffic in, no traffic out. And yet, who could see anything about what was going on? Nobody, which is quite remarkable. So we'll talk about those issues
0: when we get into this next week, hopefully. Great. Thanks, Melt. Uh, Appreciate your time today those of you who would like to see the Ag, Transpo- Ag-, Ag Transport Coalition reports, you can go to www.agtransportcoalition.com. We'll talk to you all next week. Thanks. <music>